Welcome back to the Square State Sandlot Podcast. Got John joining me today, and I am your your other host, Bill Montoya. Uh, got a lot of fun things to talk about this weekend. We've got um, obviously the the championship weekend. It's it's starting right now with the uh, Bengals and the Chiefs. Looks like Matthew is playing. He's suited up, so obviously that'll be a big help to the Chiefs. Um, got all kinds of NFL coaching news. Uh, a lot of coaches have been named. A lot of a lot of coaches are, are circling in on their positions. Uh, obviously, we've had some some head coach or some general manager hirings and all that fun stuff as well. Uh, had a few Warriors games that I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, got the the Rogers stuff coming up again uh, in yep, Green it's Bay. All off season. So obviously that. The NFL waits for no one. As soon as teams' seasons end, they start to make decisions on obviously coaches and, and things like that. So, what what do you want to kick it off with? With all that being said, uh, first off, I'd like to invite everyone listening to, if you want to be a part of the podcast, have a question or anything, give us a subject to talk about. We'll talk about it. We'll have our insight into whatever you want to you know, a- anything answered. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, I was hoping to talk about the Warriors. Yes. One sec. Let me also mention on our Facebook page that we now have bookings available. So if you would like to even come on the podcast, you can schedule a booking just by hitting book now. It'll give you a time slots. Basically, we're, we're pretty much open Monday through Sunday. Um just depends on the time. So if you have a time that would work for you, just book it and we'll, if we can make it work, we'll get you on to be part. But as you were saying, what's going on the Warriors? What what have you felt about this last week? Uh, positive note. I, I think it's been a, uh, how do I want to say it? it uh, it's been a positive kind of outlook towards the future, I want to say. Uh, I got a little hint of the Splash Brothers. Yep. And I think that's what everybody's really been looking forward to. Uh, you kind of want to see a little bit of the past in what they're going on right now. Clay Thompson's back. Obviously, Draymond Green's not back. But everything's kind of gelling a little bit more. The games are a little frustrating because they lose track of it pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, the game on Saturday last night was very frustrating. I don't know if you caught the game. Yeah, I actually watched from start to finish, which that's the first time I've been able to do that in a little bit. So it it's a big game. It's you know against Kevin Durant, which he didn't end up playing. Yeah. Neither did James Harden. He he got scratched off right at the like end right there. He, he hurt something in his wrist, so he couldn't go but they got Kyrie Irving and they, he played as well as you would expect Kyrie Irving to play. That caliber of player is phenomenal. And I think everybody in Brooklyn was expecting this team to really just overwhelm the NBA with the talent they have. And to be fair, they really should with Durant, Irving and Harden. Well, and It'd then be they have really hard. Uh, what's the kid? Why is his name escaping me? The one that was playing in Detroit and couldn't jump, and then all of a sudden, once he got traded to Brooklyn, he was dunking on people again. Uh, oh, Big man. Uh, yeah. Just saw him last you. night. I don't know why I can't <laughs> think of his name. But Making me lose him. Yeah. I'll look it up. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. There you go. Yeah, I mean they've got those four are great. Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, a bunch of new like rookies who are actually playing really really well. The the kid Kessler, I yeah. don't know if that's right. Well, and then they have the uh, the person I'll never forget, and James Johnson coming off the bench. That yeah. kid dunked on me in in middle school like literally jumped over my head and and dunked in Cheyenne so never forget him (laughs) but 
Love to see that. <laughs> little Wyoming kid. He did. He played well. I think he had a, a little mishap in the fourth quarter, but I mean, the yeah. game was pretty much sealed anyway. But yeah, no, that was a I, frustrating game because they they had that run in the third quarter where they went up. I think it was eighteen. 20. 20, yeah. And then right at the end of the third quarter, they gave up a 20 to 4 run to make it close again. So, well, that was like the epitome of what I was talking about with the Splash Brothers and the Golden State Warriors playing with their like stereotypical, you know, runs. You don't want to get the Golden State Warriors on a run because they'll run you out of a building. And they went up 13 in the first quarter yep. and then they went down four and then they went back up 20 and then they went down like two or three. It was yeah. just, it was hard to watch and then really fun to watch all at the same time. Yeah. And, it, uh... and Wiggins played out of his mind in that game. It's obviously, I guess we should mention that he and Steph are both going to be starting in the all-star game, which I don't know if Wiggins necessarily should be starting, but he definitely deserved to be on the team. So congratulations to him. I think it's his first all-star game nod. So uh, obviously exciting for the Warriors to have those two players on there. I think Draymond should also be on that team, but obviously he's injured, so he probably wouldn't be able to play in it anyway. I guess it depends how long he's injured, but um, no, they've been playing very well. Uh, they Last time we talked, it was on Sunday, right before the game against the Jazz. Obviously, we had mentioned that uh, Donovan Mitchell was going to be out. So they, they ended up winning that game by two and played about as well as you could expect them to. And then the following game, they, they beat Dallas by almost 40 points. So that was a, a great game to watch, and it was on the road. So you win by that much on the road against a good team like Dallas, the, you would you would assume that things are just clicking and then they played, or sorry, that one was at home. And, and then they played against Minnesota on Thursday, played very well against them. Minnesota's not a great team, but they're not a bad team either. So beating them by nine probably should have been a little bit larger margin than that even, but and then obviously the game against Brooklyn. So they're on a nice nice little streak right now, uh, correcting a lot of the things that, that have been wrong with the offense. They Only in that Jazz game have they scored less than 100 points. So that's usually, if they can score over 100, they're usually going to win because their defense is good enough to, to keep most teams under 100 or, or near that mark. So I think once they get Draymond back, things will definitely be clicking a little bit better. Um, we had the in in that Brooklyn game. There were several points where I feel like Steph still thinks he needs to do it all, even though he clearly doesn't, because him and and Clay were both trying to hit the same streak where they're cutting to the basket and really just stepping on each other at points where they didn't need to be. Um, obviously, Clay hit that huge three right at the end to to seal it. So seeing him start to shoot a lot better in these last three or four games, it's, it's been very positive. I think there's only going to be good things to look forward to, assuming no, no injuries happen. Um, and they're, they're going to happen, but hopefully nothing major. So I've, I've been very encouraged by this, this last week's stretch of games against really good competition. Obviously, Brooklyn, you didn't get their best shot with Durant and um, Harden. Harden being out. But having Kyrie able to play in California was weird because he can't play in New York. So that was pretty strange to me, but obviously they got a, a good, a good exposure to him and Brooklyn. That's one thing that they'll, they haven't really been. And I think that's probably why they didn't win last year against um, the Bucks is because no one was healthy at the same time. So, it's that's going to be their Achilles heel always is injuries between their their big three and like we said they have Griffin and and others that come off the bench or can be put in that starting lineup with them if they could ever be healthy that they'll be a great team and are they your favorites in the East or is it still the Bucks? Uh 
I don't know. I, I don't think I could really rely on Brooklyn staying healthy. Yeah. Because they are consistently unhealthy. And it's hard to like bet against you know that. I, I said a while back Tom Brady would get hurt this season. But you can't predict injuries. No. I mean you, you pretty much see- you pretty much have to just count on injuries not happening and then adjust from there if they do. But with the Nets, it's it's hard to not count on injuries with them. And with everyone, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, you have a, a huge core that seems very vulnerable to injury. Yeah. With everything. I mean, Harden was out last year. I, he had a hamstring injury. This year, I mean, just last night, he had a hamstring injury. But it it got over, and then he woke up, and his hand hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's just it seems like it's just not the right time for him. And I I can't explain it, but it's hard to bet against that. And you know, you look at Milwaukee; they're not having those injuries. Yeah, in their key players. I mean, but- you look at it, and you're gonna think they're gonna stay healthy throughout the playoffs, and they're a tough team to beat. Seventy uh, Sixers. Kind of the same thing. They're probably going to be more healthy, but your healthier players are going to be younger players. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen with Embiid? I mean, you'd like to see him play throughout the playoffs, but if it's just him, if it doesn't have Tobias Harris, if you don't have, you know, uh, who else is on there? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't pay too much attention to the East just because I, I pretty much watch the teams that the Warriors are playing and then I'll catch a game here and here and there. And then obviously I'll watch the standings. And the crazy thing is in the East, it's between the, the first team and the, the seventh team, there's only four games separating them. So it's definitely a, a tight conference right now. And you don't typically see that many teams with, with great records in the, in the, in the Eastern conference. Usually it's like you have four dominant teams and then the rest of them are all hovering around 500 for the the next eight seeds or however many teams make it. But yeah, I mean, the East is looking a lot better than it has in the past with the Heat, the Bulls, the Sixers, and then you even have the surprise team of the Cavaliers. They have a 30 and 19 record and then Bucks and Brooklyn are are there at five and six. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely shaping up to be a pretty good season for the for the NBA if things keep keep up like this. A more entertaining season. Yeah, cuz like I said, typically it's it's not like that and then on the the yeah. west side it's it's a lot more like that where you have the top 6 seeds with winning records and then 7 8 9 all have losing records. So definitely interesting to see that flipped, but anything else you want to say about the Warriors before we move on? I don't think so. Okay. I think that covered it. So I think the main thing going on the NBA or NFL right now is did Brady retire? Did he not? Um, a lot of sources are still standing by and saying, no, he he's definitely quitting. He's not rebuking that he didn't retire. He just wants to be the one that announces it. So that's one thing I hate about journalism right now is everyone cares about being first rather than being right. And yeah. so obviously with so many sources saying that he's going to retire, I would be shocked if he doesn't, but it also wouldn't, I also wouldn't put it against him to be like, Oh, you guys want to break my news for me? Okay. I'm not retiring and coming back for one more year. That is the worst thing about the sports media right now is everyone has an inside source. Yeah. Everyone. And it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, you could hear, you know, some guy in Milwaukee, like, oh, I know a janitor who overheard a conversation with Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter. It It is not come from the source. Yeah. I want to hear from the source because the rest of it is just conjecture. Yeah, no, I, and that's his dad basically called a media source and said, hey, like he hasn't made up his mind one way or another. He called the the GM of the Bucks and said, "Hey, I, I'm still making up my mind. I haven't said one way or another yet." So, 
I want you guys to be the first to know when I have announced it that obviously I need to tell the team that I'm going to to retire. So, um, yeah, I, it was definitely an interesting afternoon because you had basically all of sports giving him a shout out and, and a send off of sorts on, on Twitter yeah. and Facebook and whatever. And then about halfway through the day, he said, let's pump the brakes on this. So I think what's going to happen is he's going to put out some kind of video tribute that he wants to announce that he's, he's going out on his own terms, whatever. So like you said, I think it's going to happen. I just don't know when, uh, I think the bucks will be the first to know, not Adam Schefter or yeah, Ian Rappaport or whatever. So, um, who who do you think the Bucks go with if if that's the if that's the end there because they kind of hitched their whole wagon on the Tom Brady train yeah. so well that is a very difficult question to answer because you you have so many options throughout you know free agency going on right now like you 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 could trade for somebody you could do anything yeah I mean. I couldn't tell you who would be a, a perfect fit right now because yeah, there I think... are too many options. And I, you have to, as a Bucks organization, you have to be willing to sit down and listen to Brady because yeah. Brady's the number one option you want to come back. I don't think they, they planned for this. I mean, obviously, it, through all the media in the last – what five years he's kept saying, I want to play till I'm 50. If I can keep playing, um, things have changed with his tune a little bit. The last, especially this last year where he's definitely hinted at family's probably going to take priority over football here soon. So I think they at least had to know something was coming in the next year or two, but I don't think they were expecting him to coming off that loss announce that he was going to retire. So I think this will probably catch them by surprise if he ends up doing it. And I wonder if Arians will call it quits too if, if Brady decides to retire because obviously Arians is getting up there in age as well. And he's basically said, I'll keep coaching till I can't. But obviously Brady just said, I'll keep playing till I can't. And he's able to keep playing. Changes. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I know um, Rodgers... There, it's been rumored that he stuck around in Green Bay after the loss to sort things out with with management and and get some get on the same page at least. Uh, I know you were thinking he was probably as good as gone, and with the hires that the Broncos made, there's a lot of speculation he will be leaving for Denver uh, because they I hired. Saw that you've made that. Yeah, he hired Hackett, or Denver hired Hackett as their head coach, and then they also brought over his right-hand man, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's bringing him along as the the offensive coordinator. So uh, everyone's connecting the dots and saying, okay, Rogers is going to Denver now because how much he liked Nathaniel Hackett. So what do you think on that? That's another speculation. It's, It's all speculation. It's all the media coming in and saying, you know, you want to connect the dots. You want to connect, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and Rogers loves Nathaniel Hackett. So Rogers is going to go to Denver. Yep. And I can't see that. Like, I can't see him just being like, oh, well, I like this guy. So I'm going to follow him. Yeah. I think he's got a lot more personal stuff to go through. Yeah. I, I think he's living more for himself than anything like, you know, money championship whatever i think he's he's just doing whatever he wants to do yep and that is why i you know contributed to him not staying in green bay i don't know if it's conducive for him for what yeah. he wants well and, and that's why i kind of feel like he's not going to stay in green bay i so there's several things that make me think he's going to stay in green bay and that's just the openness for him staying around after the season was over. Um, and I think the main reason everyone's saying Hackett is going to bring Rodgers there is obviously Rodgers likes him, but he also had a quote that basically said, if Hackett leaves, I hope I'm going with him. 
essentially, was the quote. So everyone's saying, oh, it's it's a done deal. Rodgers is going. But I think people also forget that Rodgers is still under contract by Green Bay. I know they put in some language that essentially let him get out after this year or he could force a trade after this year. I can't remember the exact wordage or wording behind the contract uh, where he he's not really tied to Green Bay anymore. Uh, but right. they would still have to trade him. He's not going to just walk away. He, he is not a free man. So it's it's interesting what will be happening. But I think he stays for, for several reasons. Green Bay has the leverage in the, in the Devontae Adams stuff where they could just franchise tag him and then he can't leave. So he's not, he's not a free agent yet. Obviously, Green Bay is $40 million, I think, over the cap, so they definitely will have some con- contractual stuff to figure out before they're able to make that work with Devontae Adams. But I think you've seen, like the Chiefs, they can, they've been able to do crazy things with the cap. You've seen the Rams be able to do crazy things with the cap. So, so strictly just saying they're $40 million over the cap, they can't make it happen, is, is not accurate. Um, obviously, it's going to take some, some things working out with free potential free agents and all that. They may, may have to make some trades. They may have to restructure contracts. But if they want to keep Green or Rogers there, if they want to keep Adams there, they'll do it. Good teams don't let people walk away just because of the cap. So it's... It's going to be interesting. I think he'll want to stay if Adams is there, and I think Green Bay is going to make every effort to keep Adams there. Uh, but I also think that if if Rodgers is going to leave, I don't think he's going to be going to the AFC. I think he's going to be going somewhere else in, in the NFC because the way that these teams are going in the AFC, you've got uh, Mahomes and Kansas City. They're going to be a threat as long as Mahomes is healthy. You have Herbert in the AFC West. You have Carr in the AFC West. So that's that's going to be a tough division to come out of. And we'll talk a little bit more about the Raiders news. They've made a hire on both GM and uh, their head coach today. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think if, if he's going to go to the AFC West, or sorry, AFC North, that may make some sense because you have Roth- Roethlisberger retiring, uh, Lamar Jackson's obviously great, but he's shown that he can't stay healthy throughout an entire season. But you got the Bengals in the north. They look like a, a constant threat for the next few years with Burrow and, and Chase. Obviously, they're playing right now. Uh, but that division's constantly pretty strong. Uh, so going there, maybe it makes sense if you can get on with like Pittsburgh that has a, a great defense, but their offensive line is a mess. So I just don't see him leaving the NFC. I really don't. Because if he leaves the NFC, he's not going to have a great chance to be MVP again. Uh, NFC is a lot easier to get to the playoffs, especially with Brady leaving. So I just think it makes all the sense in the world for him to stay in Green Bay. I don't know if he will, but I think that's probably far and away his his best place to be if he wants to win a championship. I don't know if he'll win another Super Bowl. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, but... I think if he wants to be in that constant NFC championship picture, that's where he needs to stay. See, I almost thought about that, but the only thing is I kind of think uh, the 49ers are a very good option for him. Yeah. Because they have a young, talented team with, in my opinion, a good GM and a good coach. So – I could see him making that change. That would make sense, but that I would don't... be the one place I would be worried about. Second would be Las Vegas. And I don't think the Raiders are going to want him. I really don't. Well, I kind of think like uh, they would be willing to give up Carr for. Oh, Rogers. for sure. I mean, that would be an upgrade think... for sure. But I know they wanted they want to like restructure the team. But if they got Rodgers, I think they he could come in and tell them, you know, I want this guy and I want to keep this guy and blah, 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 blah. And I, I think that would possibly make, you know, some kind of. I love that. And I think Green Bay getting Carr would make all the sense in the world as well because Devontae Adams obviously played with Carr in Fresno. 
uh, in college. And contra contractually, I think Carr would be a, a better fit for Green Bay because he's not going to demand $45 million a year that Rodgers seems to want. But the reason I don't think uh, Vegas is likely is because of who they just hired as head coach and GM. I don't think Rodgers is going to have any say on the final roster other than, hey, I played with this guy, I like him, maybe we could get him. That that would be the extent of his say on, on the offense. And I think, let's just go into it now. Yeah. McDaniels was hired as, as head coach of the Raiders. Uh, obviously, He, he had was a, hired. Yes. He, he did not oh, have wow. a good stint in Denver. Uh, yeah. And then he left the Colts at the altar, you're, essentially, after agreeing to. Your organization is doomed. <laughs> I'll tell you why I think it's actually a, a decent thing. I don't, I'm not going to pretend McDaniels in Denver was a success by any means. Um, and I'm not going to hold that one failure against him because it's been what, 10 years ago now, something like that. I think he's probably learned a lot, especially being in that successful organization in new England. Uh, you see what he did with Mac Jones in that offense this year. Uh, really, he didn't have a ton of great options out there on the field, and Mac Jones played very well, uh, got a lot out of some wide receivers I didn't think would have a great season. So, But I think, like I said, I don't think they are, are going to want a Rodgers there because of the control he wants on the roster. And he, I know he'll say all day he doesn't want any control on the roster, but I don't think Randall Cobb ends up back in Green Bay without Rodgers basically doing the whole power struggle thing this year. A lot of the moves that they made were to appease Rodgers to, to bring him back. So he, he might say one thing, but I think it's very clear with all the moves that they made that he wants at least some control over the roster. And the new GM that they brought in was also, it's Ziegler, that was basically just elevated to GM last year in New England. So... He's going to want to put his footprint on on a roster. He's not going to want someone else to come in and say, hey, who's, here's who I want you to hire. So I don't think it's likely, and same thing I just said, I don't think going to the AFC West looks to be one of the toughest divisions in the next 10 years yeah. probably, or for the next 10 years. I don't think it makes sense for him to go there. Uh, even though Denver has a great defense, and I think – Obviously, getting Rodgers there would put them in that conversation, but unless they can slay the dragon that is Mahomes and the Chiefs, it it doesn't matter. Like, he's not going to go past the AFC championship or conference championship over here. So, NFC, and I, I love the San Francisco thing for you. Well, not for you, but I love that you brought that up. I think it makes sense. But they have Trey Lance that's looking to be the successor. So I don't think they're ready to move on from him either. So I think a lot of his options are going to be in that same conference in, in Detroit, if he wants to leave it and he's not going to want to leave for Detroit, Minnesota, maybe he follows in Favre's footsteps and, and goes over to the, to the purple team. But I think if he wants to compete, that division is the best one to be in right now with Chicago's down, Minnesota's down there, they're hiring a new head coach. And then, the Lions are always down. So if you're going to want to win 13 games like you do every season, that's the that's the division to be in because you're going to get six most likely just from playing in that division right there. And then, you know, you only need to pick up six more or so to, to win it outside of the conference. So, or outside See, of the division. I kind of think, and this is just my opinion as a person who's watched Rodgers throughout his entire career. I kind of think he just wants to leave Green Bay because he doesn't like playing in Green Bay for the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's the whole reason. I think he wants to go to a warm climate because he plays better. Well, then lose and a couple couple more games in the season. Then you don't play at home. Like, it's not that hard. Because <laughs> that's his decision. <laughs> well, I mean, he's got the ball. He can definitely throw games if he wants to. If if you want to play, if you want to win a bunch of games and look awesome, like I think he, I think he does want to do. You know, go to Southern California, go to San Francisco, win a bunch of games with a roster that's basically the same minus Devontae Adams. Yeah, like 
they don't have a good offense. Like uh, Aaron Jones is good, but you could replace him. Uh, Devonte Adams is, you know, irre- irreplaceable. But I mean, Debo's pretty close. Debo Samuel is good. Yeah, yeah. You could win a bunch of games with Debo Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle. I mean, yeah. you got a bunch of options out there, plus a really good defense and good and rushing. It, it would make good a, running game. Yeah, it would make a ton of sense. The only as thing a is, team you want to go and win. Like I said, and it's a, a lesser division outside Garoppolo? of you know the the, no. the Cardinals. What? I don't think it's a down division. Cardinals are going to be good as long as Kyler can stay healthy. The only team that's down right now is the Seahawks, and they'll probably be down because I think they're going to move on from Russell. They don't want to, but I think he wants to move on from there. So I think that's a diff- more difficult division for sure. Well, then the NFC North? Yeah. Sure. That's, that's the easiest division in the league. But I don't think he wants to be there. I think he could go, you know, against Stafford and beat him. You yeah, know, the maybe. Cardinals looked pedestrian at the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, it it would potentially be a harder division, but I think he could still make the playoffs and be happy about it. Yeah. I suppose. I don't know. I, I still think he'll be suiting up in Green Bay come, what, August yeah. of next I mean, year. So Obviously, I would prefer that, but I'd also like to win a couple championships. I yeah. don't like seeing just wasted seasons. I, I saw a meme the other day about the Packers, and it said, Imagine having two of the best quarterbacks over the last 30 seasons and only having two Lombardi trophies to show for it. Yeah, which, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and two championships. Yeah, that's insane. I thought Favre won more than one in, in Green Bay, but I guess not. No. Nope. So, and that's it's pretty, a championship and done. Pretty disturbing. Must be a trend. Yeah. But... No, I I don't know. Let's move on from that. Um, obviously, we had Sean Payton step down as the the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Um, he's under contract by them or with them for the next, I think, until twenty twenty four. So if he decides to just take the season off and then come back, he he'll still be under control by the Saints. So I think if he's just looking to take a season off which a lot of people are speculating he he just wants to be done with the Saints because of the cap hell that they're in right now. Uh, they're not going to compete with Taysom Hill. And I, I still think Jameis Winston is a good enough quarterback to compete. But I want to say that they're like $70 million over the cap right now. So they're going to have to make some moves where they're trading away players, cutting players, whatever. It's not going to be as strong of a roster as it, it was this season. Uh, I think if Winston doesn't get hurt, they have a, a pretty good shot at at least being in, in the playoffs with as good as that defense was. Um, but the the Taysom Hill contract is still just super puzzling to me. Like they essentially made him a quarterback, getting or getting paid as a quarterback when he's quite clearly not a good quarterback. So. I, I see rewarding him as that catch-all player that he is, where he plays some running back, some fullback, some tight end, some quarterback. He's really just a gadget player. So I can see rewarding that, but not paying him like a quarterback because yeah. you can't pay two quarterbacks and, and have a successful roster around that. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, I don't even know if it's really a good place to be right now because of, like I said, I think they're last I saw, I want to say that they were 70 million over the cap. So they're going to have to get that roster just to get below that. And they're not going to be able to make many additions. So I think he takes a year off and then they trade him. Um, Everyone's speculating that he wants to go to uh, Dallas because that's where he came up under Parcells, uh, loved it there. And then obviously he went to the, to the saints from there. So I think that would be a strong landing spot for him. And 
Dallas has committed to McCarthy for one more season at least, and I think it's going to end the same way this one did, if not worse. So I think that'll be an open spot following this next season. Dan Quinn did stay as a defensive coordinator in Dallas, so he would probably have a good shot at the head coaching position as well. But if you can get a Sean Payton, I think you would probably take that. So obviously they'll have to trade some draft picks or cash or something. If if that's what they're going to do, but just a huge loss for the the Saints, really. I mean, I was hoping that the the Raiders could hire Peyton, but I didn't realize he was under team control for twenty until twenty twenty four. So uh, I'm I'm generally happy with the Raiders hiring McDaniel's. Like I said, he's got his his scars and baggage, whatever. Uh, there was a lot of rumors coming out of Denver when he was there that they were still trying to do the Spygate crap and, and record other teams in the building doing their walkthroughs and all that stuff. So if he's grown and can be a leader and, and not try to be Bel- Bill Belichick, because he, he'll never never be Bill Belichick, no one's going to just do something because he says it, because he came from Belichick's tree. He's going to have to be a leader of men, like Basachi has showed that he could do. Um, obviously, McDaniels is great at X's and O's, but if he if guys don't buy in, it's not going to matter. So that's the only thing that scares me. But like I said, Ziegler came over with him from New England, and, and he really knocked the draft out of the park for his first draft last year, drafting Mac Jones and, and several other rookies that contributed to their roster. And then he signed Nelly Aguilar from the Raiders to New England. Had a couple other good signings in the offseason that that really contributed this year. And obviously the Patriots made to the playoffs. I think they were 10-7 and was their final record. Got killed by the Bills in the the AFC wildcard round. But overall, I think that's a, a much better season than anyone saw them having. So... Stealing from that success, I think, will will be very beneficial. And one thing that I think McDaniel's excels in is the red zone and short yardage short yardage situations. And that's something the Raiders struggled in both of those categories this season. So if he can fix those, I think we'll be a much better team to to put out on the field next year. Obviously, McDaniel's has hitched his wagon to Carr and laid out a plan where he can see them succeed. So I think that's going to lead to them extending him this offseason. And I don't know. I think I've said this a hundred times. I think Carr's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think we can win with him if we have a very solid roster around him. But he's a very good quarterback. I also tire of a lot of the things that we see from him where he as soon as they tend to get some pressure on him, then he starts looking only at the backfield, looking to dump off to the to the running backs instead of stretching the field, which is what he excels at, but is very afraid to do. And I don't blame him because of the offensive line they had out there this last season. But the season before, we had one of the most the strongest offensive lines in the in the NFL, and he still was dumping off to the running back all too often. Um, and I, I love Derek Carr as a person, but I don't know if he just has small hands and anytime he gets bumped, he fumbles it because he has led the league in fumbles since he has been in the NFL and it has not slowed down at all. So obviously if you want to stop him from doing that, you got to quit him or stop him from getting hit. But the offensive line we have out there right now is not great. So they're going to have to address that in the offseason. And if they're giving Derek Carr a, a huge contract, I just don't see how they can plug all the gaps that they need to. Everyone's saying that he should command $35 million a year based on his performance, but if they're paying him $35 million a year with the cap space they have, that's going to eat a significant portion because he's on the books this year for, I think, $19 million, which is very, very reasonable for a starting quarterback. Yeah, that is exceptional. So, you know, love or hate... Reggie McKenzie, the guy was brilliant at the cap. Obviously, you can go against his his draft record all you want because it wasn't great outside of that draft where he got Mac and Carr and and Gabe Jackson. 
outside of that, he had a pretty rough draft record, but he was always good at keeping them under the cap and, and handing out very responsible contracts. And that's put us in the situation we're in now with Carr, where he's only on the books for 19 and a half million for the final year of his contract. So I don't know what else they'll do, but um, anything else you wanted to say on that before we move on? Uh, well, I just wanted to say, like, I think Carr is an exceptional quarterback. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying about him. Like, I just don't, I just don't trust the entire team and organization as a whole to but push that's players. Fair. That's and and fair. that's, I think Carr is the exception. I think Carr is the reason the team has done, in my opinion, better over the last few years because he is all in. He's all in and all of it. And the organization to me feels more like a, you know, losing is okay. You know, we're used to losing, so it's okay to just play meh. Uh, this last season, I, I, I really liked the uh, interim head coach because yep. I feel like he had a lot of fire. I feel like he really, really wanted to win. And, it, it you know, you just didn't have the time to make that, team into what he wanted to so bringing that, in josh mcdaniels uh, that doesn't really rub me the right way I, I only am looking at what he did in denver yeah I, I know what he what he did in new england and he is you know an exceptional offensive mind but i want to see that winning mentality uh like with the uh the guy in Detroit, I can't remember his name. Campbell. Campbell. He has pushed those guys into winning everything. And I think the mentality is changing a little bit. And I want to see that more than anything. And I think that's what the Raiders are missing. And Carr was a big part of their wins this season. Yeah. Well, and I think Rich definitely had the team jumping through a wall for him. And that's the thing that kills me about him not getting a chance because the next chance he gets is not going to be as a head coach. In fact, it's rumored that he's already, I don't know if he's accepted it, but I think he's been offered the special teams coordinator position for the Chicago bears, which they hired Aberflus and he, he has worked with rich before. So I'm sure that, that there's at least an offer out there. I don't know if he's accepted it, but he he probably won't get another shot as a as a head coach, and he went seven and five as an interim head Kills coach. Kills and like I said, all the players on the team, the key players on the team, Crosby, Carr, uh, and others. I mean, you had offensive linemen. You had you had everyone on that team just pounding the table for Rich to get the job. And I, I understand not giving him, you know, a four-year deal to, to take over as a head coach, but I think he was still under contract for another season or two. Give him, give him the reins for a year. See what he can do as a head coach. Yeah, and, I want to see a new GM. I would like to see a new GM. Yeah. Like Mayock, that was a an odd situation, I guess. Yeah, definitely I would like unique. to see a new GM and keep, have him keep his head coaching job yeah. and see what they can do. Try and, I mean, I don't think they're going to get Devontae Adams because they're going to get he's going to get franchise tag. But see what that what else they can get. See what moves they can make in the off season and yep. give him a shot because I think, just like you said, they wanted to jump through a wall for him. Yeah, I think he would have been successful. I really do. Um, obviously, our division's pretty tough, and you don't want to just throw away a season. But I don't think it would be throwing away a season letting him have have a chance to be a full-time head coach. The I think the thing that killed him, though, is he has loyalty to the guys that are on the staff now. And Gus Bradley definitely improved the defense, but you saw what the Chiefs were able to do to him in, in the two games they played this season. I think they lost both games by 20-plus points. And it was really Bradley basically saying, no, we're going to play our cover three. We're going to play our scheme, even though they're torching us for 50 points. We're not going to change it. We're going to just keep doing it because eventually it'll work. And 
I think that's what undid Rich as potentially being the next head coach is he was going to keep on Gus Bradley. He was going to keep basically everything the same, just bring in a new offensive coordinator, which I think they needed to do anyway. But I think with McDaniels coming on, I think there's a good chance that if Brian Flores doesn't get a head coaching job, that he could come over to the Raiders with McDaniels as the defensive coordinator or bringing on Vic Fangio, that obviously he's a, a not a great head coach, but he is a fantastic defensive coordinator. So I think just the possibility at upgrading all three is was something that Mark Davis couldn't look past. Right. So bringing on McDaniels as the head coach and de facto offensive coordinator um, should bring someone else on to join him as the offensive coordinator, basically like a Greg Olson where he's not really calling plays, but he's putting in his two cents on what they should do with the offense and then bringing on a just top tier defensive coordinator, such as a Fangio or uh, Brian Flores. Some people even said Wade Phillips, which I would be on board with for sure. Wade is shown time and time again that he is able to revamp a defense in one year and make it a top 10 unit. So the only thing that I think scares people away from Wade Phillips is the 3-4 scheme, and the Raiders definitely don't have the personnel for 3-4, but he can he can make things work. He can do hybrid looks and all that stuff to, to make it fit the defense that's out there. So I would I would love to see Wade Phillips get another job. I just don't think with him taking the year off last year, not by choice, I just don't know that anyone's going to give him another chance with with his age. And that's not a knock against Wade. It's just fact of the matters. He's getting old and, and didn't have a job last year. So I think a lot of people are looking at it like, well, maybe he shouldn't have had a job, even though that's probably not true at all. But No. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, like you said, Carr can get it done. He can. And he, he was a, a huge reason why the, the Raiders had a winning record this year. Um, it's just he's not a guy like Rodgers. He's not a guy like Tom Brady that can elevate the, the play of play, players around him. And that's you don't have many guys like that out there. But I don't feel like you just settle with what you have because you have him rather than trying to find the, the next one of those guys that can elevate the team around them. Like but Joe then Burrow. there's the opposite side of that. Yeah. We're, we're no, not winning games with you, so we're going to try something new. And you try, you know, something else. Trust me, I know. Yeah. There, there's, there could be so much worse. There than is. What there, there is and, so much worse. Like, that's my advocation for Carr yeah. is – he is easily a quarterback you can win with. Yeah. But you need the rest of the team. Yeah. I mean, if you can win, win with Rex Grossman, you can win with David Carr. Derek. Derek Carr. Can't win with David. No one will win David. with David. <laughs> <laughs> is there a David Carr? There is. That's his brother that got drafted a few years before him. That Ah, see, I even mentioned somebody that's real. I didn't yeah. just mess it up. No, it's hey, and that's the, maybe he'll win all the games. <laughs> that's the frustrating thing for me is like I I love Derek Carr. I do. And I know what else is out there. We we went through the yeah. Andrew Walters, we went through the Jamarcus Russell. We I mean uh, the uh, Raiders have so had no good quarterback since Rich Gannon, other than Carr, and he's obviously stabilized the position. I just do not want to see them pay him top quarterback money and then hamstring oh, the rest yeah. of the team. Because that's what they'll have to do to keep him. If he could, if they could keep him at twenty-five million a year, which is what they've been paying him for the last five years, four years, I would sign up for that tomorrow. But he's going to want more money because quarterback deals have been just keep going up and up and up. You, you've got Mahomes making forty-five, fifty million, whatever it is. You got Rogers making that money, so I don't want to say that he should be getting paid what. Rodgers and, and Brady and whatever, whoever else the top quarterback deal, it, dollars are. If you are. spend that time as quarterback and you're doing a decent job, you're going to ask for that money. Ask yeah. Dak Prescott. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't think he's as good as any of those guys, so I don't want to see him get paid like that and then have to try to build what we can around him 
because yeah. you pay him that and then you have to pay everyone else just to get the best out of him. You're not going to be able to spend enough money to make him beat a Patrick Mahomes. They've got to add on defense if they want to be able to stop him. They've got to be able to fix that offensive line. And if you're giving Carr, you know, another $30 million a year more than what he's making this year, probably not that much, $20 million a year more than he's making this year, I just don't see how you do it. So, like that we've said, cap, cap space is only as restrictive as you let it be. You can fix a lot of things by, by handing out bonuses because then you can spread the the money throughout the entire contract and all that stuff. You can re restructure deals, but I just don't know. I I don't see sense. I don't see a way of us keeping Carr, giving him more money, and fixing all the other problems on the team. So that's that's the thing that scares me. Where if you get a, a rookie quarterback and they're making you know hundred or one million, two million for their first five years, whatever it is, obviously those escalate every year, but you could do a lot more with the roster around them than you can if you're paying a quarterback 30, 35, 40 million a year. So I don't know. Um, Chiefs and Bengals games going on right now. And all I could say is the way that my picks have been going, I really hope the Chiefs win today. <laughs> How's it look? It, I have not checked it out yet. Chiefs are up fourteen to three, and it's uh, mid second quarter, so not looking good already. Chiefs already have the ball again, so Chiefs are probably going to well, win. Well, it was like last week we were watching the Raiders Tampa Bay game, and it was what seventeen to three. Rams Tampa Bay, and it was twenty to three when we were talking about yeah, it. Rams. Yeah, and then they almost came back. So yeah. it, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah. Cincinnati has been uh, just an awkward team to play because they just score in bunches all of a sudden. Yeah. I just – so the way that the Kansas City offense is playing right now, I, I feel like you can't get behind by two touchdowns or you'll never make it up. Hmm. And that's – obviously we saw the, the Bills, what they could do last – last week and it was just did you should we talk about that game a little bit i want to but i mean we're already at an hour (laughs) yeah i'll just say one word amazing yeah and it just kills me because i know if if the bills just play regular defense and not give the the chiefs 20 yards of separation right off the line of scrimmage they probably win that game and that's what kills me because 100%. Leslie Frazier is one of the brightest defensive minds in the NFL. They had one of the better defenses in the NFL. I just don't understand how that in in that situation, you don't just play the defense you've been playing the whole game. Obviously, the, Tyreek Hill had torched them a couple plays, but that's going to happen in the course of a, a game. That doesn't mean you just start playing back 20 yards because they had all three just- timeouts. All it takes Forget is two what plays. You're doing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they're that pressing at the line, they don't get that first completion for thirty yards or whatever it went for, because they basically just made a made a blocking brigade right in front of Kelsey or Hill, whoever it was, and just blocked for twenty yards, and then he got out of bounds, and then the next play they don't even touch Kelsey until. 15 yards down the field, and they give him all that separation. He makes one cut, gets into field goal range, they kick the field goal. So I just really hate that that happened, obviously because I don't want to see the Chiefs win, but Josh Allen and Gabe Davis played out of their effing minds to even give them a chance to win that game, and they absolutely should have. And to have that taken away is brutal. Yeah, I mean, both teams played out of their minds. It was phenomenal. And then that last kickoff, Tony Romo was talking about squib kicking. Yep. Squib kick it so it takes time off the clock. For sure. And I was like, that is the absolute standard for everyone. Every yep. team everywhere. Yep. Why would, and they kick it into the end zone. Well, and I can that, see, like, 
not wanting because Tyreek Hill was back there. So I can see not wanting to give them a chance to. Yeah, but you don't give it to Tyreek Hill. You squib kick it to some asshole and then you tackle him at the 35, you know, yard line, whatever. It's fine. But it takes time off the clock because they have to run the ball. They only had 20 seconds, 25 seconds on the clock when they kicked the ball. And no, 13, 13. Was it that much? I thought it was less than or more than that. No, it was 13 seconds. When they kicked off. Yeah, because it went through the back of the end zone. It was after the first catch that it was uh, 13. No, they they had 13 seconds. They had 13 seconds to win or to come back and tie that game. And that's from the kickoff. So when they kicked it out of the back of the end zone, no time expired. Mahomes had 13 seconds and three timeouts to come back and kick the field goal. So they had that first play. I think it ran down to seven. Had the second play, ran down to three, and then they kicked the field goal to tie. Yeah, even better. No, I know it. That's the frustrating thing. So, like, I still don't like the squib because I feel like that's going to put it at the thirty-five, forty range. What I would have loved to see them do is that little like pooch kick that they do that makes it land where it goes high in the air, allows your coverage team to get down the field. And then it gets caught around the five, so they have to return it. They can't just let it hit and go into the end zone. That would have run off, especially with Tyreek Hill back there. As much as that guy dances around, he would have tried to win the game on that last play. Where you have your whole coverage unit down there, I feel like, yeah, that would have wasted most of the time. Either way, either reason, whatever you choose to do, not out the back Take of the end zone. Time off the clock. Yep. Yeah. Do not kick it into the end zone. Yep. That was the mistake they made. That was the biggest mistake they made. I mean, they failed. Yeah. On special teams, they failed on defense. And it's just frustrating because that's two thirds of the game right there. Like you have your offense that did everything to keep you in the game. And then to let defense and special teams let you down like that at the at the end of the game is just you it can't, was heartbreaking. You can't happen. Can't let it happen. That was so. Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis won that game for him. Like mm-hmm. you said, they made it phenomenally well. That was the game. They won it. I mean, that that last touchdown pass was, uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, when they went down nine and everyone's like, oh, well, it's over. Chiefs won this. And then the very next play, yeah, Allen throws one 75 yards in the air for a touchdown. And it's like, Back to, back to the game. So I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It was just, I I don't know how, how they let that get away from them, and it it's absolutely heartbreaking. Obviously, because we were cheering for Josh Allen, Wyoming football alumni, but also cheering against the Chiefs. I mean, they've been in the last three AFC championships, two of the last three Super Bowls. So, and they're division rival for us. So I I can't cheer for the Chiefs at all, and, and that's the that's fair that's fair i'm a patrick mahomes fan but i wanted josh allen to get there because see and i don't that was the next hump i don't dislike patrick mahomes but the announcers have made me start to dislike him because yeah i could see that like every time he throws wrong well, that and then every time he throws sidearm or anything, they're just like, no one else on this planet could do that. And it's like, yeah, Josh Allen just made a better throw than that on the last play. But you didn't say yeah. anything about that. You're just like, oh, look at this Bill's offense. It's yeah. like you don't have to go over the top when you're saying like, obviously, he's a fantastic quarterback. I'm not taking anything right. away from Patrick Mahomes. Right. But. To say, like, no one else could do what he's doing is frustrating because there's probably, you know, Brady can make those throws, uh, and he's 50 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Stafford has been making those Stafford, passes yes. for years. Stafford was like, doing that before him. Mahomes, look at this no-look pass. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have you yeah. ever seen that before? And, you're and like, the, yeah, funny thing that, like, the funny thing you say that is – in the Rams game, he made a pass like that, and they were like, that's real Mahomes-esque. It's like, no. Yeah, he's been doing it for years. 
So, yeah, no, that's the reason. Well, and obviously him being on the Chiefs division rival is another reason I, I hate hearing all that junk. But it's right. just, yeah. No, I, I get it. Like Chris Collinsworth, I think, would I marry. I think he would marry Mahomes if Mahomes would let him. So He's the worst announcer of all time. Yeah, they need to get get change up that team a little bit because it's getting obnoxious. But, oh, well. Anyway. Well, let's move on. Off the high horse. What do you Off have? What do you have for your best of the week and worst of the week? Oh, do you want to hear it? Okay. I, I will give you my best of the week, and then you'll give me your best of the week, okay? Deal. My best of the week is after like a month, month and a half of not having a washing machine, we just got our new washing machine delivered today boom gotta love that's that that's my best of the week yeah we're actually doing laundry now were you doing laundry by hand or were you going to like a laundromat or something we had to take it to sean's parents oh so it's like 15 go. minutes away and then it's like their laundry machine takes like two and a half hours oh boy to do a one load yeah that's an all-day so thing i mean oh, it's a nightmare that's probably going to be my worst of the week is so we all had the COVID this last week. So we've all kind of been, everyone's good. It's just, uh, yeah, we were not feeling great. So didn't want to do laundry. So that's the, the worst of the week for sure is the pile of laundry with having three little kids and then us just sitting around all, all week. So there's a nice pile in the laundry room waiting to be done. So it's funny that that was your best of the week because that's my worst of the week is laundry. Nice. But best of the week, I'm, I'm going to go with the optimistic side and, and say the Mahomes and Ziegler hire are going to be good for the Raiders. So that's going to be my co-best of the week. Also, Tales of Arise and uh, Pokemon Arceus, Arceus. I don't know how to say it. but I can't say that. Either way. Both games are fantastic. I got Tales of Arise on sale for like half off. So I figured I'd give it a try and it's been fantastic. And then Pokemon just launched yesterday, I believe, two days ago. Oh, and I guess the other best of the week is it was our 10th anniversary on Friday. So, Oh, the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully Alexis doesn't see this. (laughs) Pokemon first. Oh, uh, also our Tales of Arise. Raiders hire. It's been a good week. Come on. <laughs> That's a good week. Congratulations yeah. on 10 years. What is Thank it? The, so like the t- wood anniversary or the tin anniversary? Let, let's not be talking about wood, okay? Are you not getting any? No wood? <laughs> <laughs> Plead the fifth. But uh, what's, your, what's your worst of the week? My worst of the week is... Being over in England and still getting shit nonstop this last week for the Green Bay losing. You're saying people in England are giving you shit. Yeah, being over here, I wouldn't have to go to work and just hear it constantly. Because nobody knows about it. I, I like work with Romanians and Polish people. Like they've never even heard of the NFL. Well, it's like and every still day I crap. go in, and they're like, "Oh, I see Green Bay lost." That's brutal. <laughs> I mean, I I, I apologize because I've contributed. I know I've sent you a couple memes that was yeah. like a green and green and yellow trash can, and I said I'm going to tell my kids that yeah. this is the this Green is Bay Green Packers. Bay. <laughs> yeah. I do feel bad because like. I didn't want to see San Francisco win, but at the same time, they absolutely deserve to lose that game. Right. I so. understand. As a football like advocate, I like watching it, and I understand they obviously deserve to lose. But uh, I didn't think I'd have to go through it. We just had dinner at it with her family this last Friday night, and I had to go through it. Did, they know how much start Green, like, Green Bay fan. And I, so uh, how's Green Bay doing in the playoffs? Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that how it started? I think Sean brought it up. Yeah. Just off the cuff. 
Like, oh yeah, his favorite team lost. Brutal. She Thanks brought for it up. That up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess you know you got to keep her. I guess. Okay. Well, with that, I think you wanted to do some in memory uh, of. Yeah, it was just. I mean, this year has just started, but it's been a rough year already. Uh, in memory of Meatloaf, I wanted to say he hasn't been like the, my favorite artist of all time, but I did grow up listening to him. And yeah. all those, you know, 80s, you know, favorite bands from the 80s, he was part of them. And it's sad to see him go. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to Mr. Meatloaf. And then we had two comedians, Bob Saget and Louis Anderson, both lost their lives as well. So, yep. Another, you know, childhood memory of Bob Saget and what is it? Fuller House? Full yeah, House. Full House. Yep. Yeah. I used to watch that stuff all the time. I didn't Louis realize... Anderson had a little Louis show. Yeah. I had... Just little things from your childhood, see people grow old and die, it's kind of sad. So I just wanted to give a shout out to him. Yeah, I didn't realize how funny Bob Saget was until he passed. And then I listened to the Bill Burr podcast, Monday morning podcast, and I didn't realize he was pretty close with Bob Saget. And he said, hey, like, always loved Bob. He's one of the funniest guys I ever knew. So that inspired me to go look at some of his uh, comedian work. And it was pretty good so yeah rest in yeah. peace bob rest in peace louie louie was definitely a unique cat but he always made me laugh so and right. obviously betty white too she was last year technically yeah. but uh yeah right at the end recent. so it still counts and and happy belated birthday to betty she would have made it to 100 she was so close i think 17 days or something so yeah all right. Well, I think that's all we had for, for this week. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. As we said at the top, comments, questions, feedback, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Schedule up uh, a time that works for you, and we, we can have you on even if it's for 15 minutes, something like that. So Come on. And, John, we'll, we'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good.